Monday night Bible study on TalkShoe. I appreciate all you folks being there in the chat room. Hope you had a nice weekend, and uh, it's good to see you there tonight. How you doing, Brother David? I'm doing good, Pastor. Very good indeed. Amen, Brother. That's good. It's always good that you're doing good. Always. <laughs> always. <laughs> nice to see Yeah, absolutely, Brother. Um, well, folks, tonight... We're going to pick back up with the timeline the timeline to set. Man, we did so many programs on that I can't get it out of my mind. We might have to yes. pick that sketch that ep- those episodes back up here before too long. Anyway, we're going to be in the time of Jacob's trouble, part two. But first of all, we're going to go to Romans chapter five. Those of you who have your Bibles open, turn to Romans chapter five. Uh, and the reason we're doing this tonight is um, it, it's, got, it's the Spirit of God, folks, all right? I, I can tell you what it is. I know the way the Spirit of God works in, in folks and things pop up. I don't believe, number one, I don't believe anything happens by chance, all right? Then you get a phone call and somebody having problems with a certain subject, and especially concerning salvation. That's something you don't need to um, dilly-dally with, Okay? And they had some good questions, and so I'm going to answer those questions, Lord willing, Lord willing, okay? Let the Holy Spirit answer it through the Word of God, Lord willing. But this will be concerning salvation. This first part of the program is going to be dealing with salvation. I mean, it's it's fluffed off amongst the majority of our persuasion. Because they're all hung up about the Jew and race. Ain't nothing wrong with talking about the Jew and race, okay? Nothing at all wrong with it. It's getting hung up on it. Because a bunch, you'll get a bunch of unregenerate Israelites in the crowd as long as you don't hit on their sin, see? As long as you don't hit on what makes the upsets them. They'll, oh, yes, oh, go, he's wonderful, this is great. See, you see what I'm saying? Just remember this, what the Lord had to say about it. For in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, but it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe, see? 
See what I mean? That's preaching the gospel. That's not preaching race. That's not preaching Jew. It's preaching the gospel. And if you can get race or Jew out of 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5, I'll get off the air and never bother with anybody again. Okay? Brother David, if you would, go ahead and open us in a word of prayer before I get into this, brother. Certainly. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give thanks for this evening. We thank you for this Bible study. And I pray that the Holy Spirit come and rise up within us and teach us this evening. Give us insight, revelation into Jacob's trouble and into Romans chapter 5. And I pray that your people, wherever they are on this earth, will be moved by the Holy Spirit, whether they're saved or not, to repent, to to go purge themselves, to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, so be it. Amen. Amen. Okay, folks, like I was saying, um, Brother David, while I'm talking, flip to 1 Corinthians 15. Read 1 Corinthians Chapter 15, verse 1 through 5. Let's get, let's okay. see, definite article B. Let's what, see what the gospel is. Let's see what's supposed to be preached out there to save them that believe. The foolishness of preaching, preaching the gospel, okay? Let's see what the gospel is, okay? It's showing Acts 2.38. So if you, if, you, if you messed around with that, time to get off that bandwagon and hear the truth. Go ahead and read it, Brother David. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. Okay, stop, that, stop, stop, just a second. Paul also received this himself, see? You remember what it says in John 1? For he came, in, he, came, uh, he came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as did receive him, that's out of his own, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Then tacked on in, even to them that believe on his name. Go ahead, brother, keep on. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. There you go. There's the gospel, folks. That's the gospel, period. Death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. All right, those those of you that's been through my Romans series, you know I did it one time, then went back through to Romans chapter eight, and I'm and it if I keep getting these phone calls and these these precious brothers and sisters that have these questions that their soul is in turmoil about, I may go through it again because unless you understand the words that are attached to salvation, you're not even going to know what it's about. Okay. And to those that spend all day long, and it seems like all these lawyers that spend all their time, you know, in the Old Testament, they'd get the sacrificial part. But a lot of them still don't get it. They think it was a sacrifice for a nation. 
all right, which, it, quote, unquote, it was originally. And I went over that, and I'm not going to get off into that deep meat till we get to the book of Acts. It was originally. That's what it was all about. Came into his own, okay? Don't forget, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing that, because that was part of it to start with. But it changed. All right, we'll get to that when we get to the book of Romans. I mean, get to the book of Acts. Okay, in Romans chapter 5, we're going to encounter some, encounter some words that are connected with your preservation, salvation, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's only halfway done anyway. All right? You're only given a measure of the Spirit to start with that seals you of the Holy Spirit. You're just, get, you're just given the earnest. It's called the earnest of the Spirit. That means a down payment. Later on, as we wind up this quick little overview, or I'm hoping it's quick, we'll see where you get the whole load at, okay? that By the way, that's in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. So if you if you got a pen, write that down. Because if I don't get to it and decide to change my mind and go on and pick up in, in Isaiah, then turn and read it yourself. Anyway. Romans chapter 5, we're going to see some of the great words that deal with your salvation. In the very first verse, Paul says, Therefore being justified, justified, that's one of the, those, justification is one of those I-O-N words that deal with our salvation. Has for 2,000 years. Justification, redemption, sanctification, those are some of the I-O-N words that are connected with the doctrine of salvation, which in theological terms is called soteriology. Okay? Justified. Therefore, being justified by faith. All right? Now, immediately, and this is what one of the brothers was having trouble with, was not thinking they had any faith. It's got nothing to do with your faith, and I'll show you that in just a few minutes, okay, as we go through these scriptures that's tacked on, that go along with Romans chapter 5 here. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The most important things you should understand in that first verse is justified and Jesus Christ by faith, okay? Verse 2 by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Tribulation comes with salvation. Ain't no way to get around it. Don't care what they try to tell you. They're liars. They'll rest the scriptures to their own destruction. All right? And patience, experience, and experience hope. Verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. You don't pray for it, well, I'll get into that. That's taking you off in another direction. Anyway, which is given to us, the Holy Ghost. For by one Spirit 
Holy Ghost. Are we all baptized into one body? That's the body of Christ. Verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Now, if you ain't, if you ain't never been ungodly, you don't fit this bunch. He came to save sinners. Okay? If you think you're righteous, anybody under the sound of my voice thinks that they're righteous, you never could have got in. All right? Because he came, he died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us. That's Israel, folks. That's you Israelites. He, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He came into his own, but his own received him not. Verse 9, much more than being, get this, write this down. This is how you're justified. Much more than now being justified by his blood. Swap around, you program whores. Go swap around in all the reprobates. How much do you hear about justification by his blood? Do you see justification by race there? Huh? Do you? Do you see it by, you're justified by hatred for the Jew? Do you see that? No, you're justified by his blood. Much more than being justified, that's justification, by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath. Shall be. Saved from wrath. What wrath? The wrath of God. The day of the Lord. Okay? That dark day, that gloomy day, what we're studying now in Jacob's trouble. We shall be saved from wrath. How? Through him. By what you do, absolutely got nothing to do with what you do. You'll be saved from wrath through him. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies, so we were enemies. Remember in Hosea chapter 1 and chapter 2, when he got rid of us, us Israelites, okay? He, he goes, I'm no more your God and you're no more my people. Hosea chapter 1 and 2. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled. That's another word. Reconcil reconcile. Reconciliation. Remember I said these, these salvation words. Justification. Sanctification. Glorification. Redemption. Reconciliation. This is an important one. Watch it close here. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death, of his son. That's the reconciliation part of your salvation. It's through the death of his son. Remember, Brother David started out, he read what the gospel, the preaching of the gospel was. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. That's the three elements to the gospel. All right? 
For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, watch this very close, because you see here, it says when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, comma, watch the next part of the sentence. Much more being reconciled, we shall, future tense, were, past, shall, future, we shall be saved by doing good. We shall be saved by obeying the law. We shall be saved by praying and doing good works. Is that what it says, Brother David? No, not at all. We shall be, absolutely not. There's not nothing you've seen so far that had a sap-sucking thing to do with you. And I'll explain that in a minute. I know that's hard to wrap your mind around, okay? A lot, sometimes it is for somebody that's not a long side on, it's not a long ways or got many, a bunch of years on the other side of their salvation. For us old dogs, it ain't hard at all. We understand where we came from, where we're going, all right? Especially the ones that stayed in the book. We shall be saved by his life. By our life? No, sir. By his life. His who? Jesus Christ's life. Why is those words so important, his life, Brother Don, you might ask? Because... Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ be not raised, we're of all men most miserable, and we are yet in our sins. That's the reason I mentioned the other night that about the last days beginning at the resurrection, because after the resurrection, especially after Acts chapter 7, we've seen nothing but downhill slide. The ups and downs, ups and downs on a on an overall trend of degeneration. But you're saved by his life. Well, how in the world has his life got to do anything with your eventual salvation? Hmm? I thought he I thought he was just he got crucified on the cross and yeah, he rose from the dead. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe you really believe that the grave opened and 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 this guy and I, Lord, I speak reverently. You believe this guy rolled the angel rolled stone. You really believe that story? Do you really believe that? I'm going to count right here for just a second. Now I'm going to ask you again: Do you really believe that story? Oh, of course I believe it. It's written in the Bible. Do you really believe that story? Do you really believe he's alive? I'm asking you to close your eyes and ask yourself, do you really believe he's alive? Now, if it's just up here above the shoulders, you can answer that. 100% 100% unequivocally, yes, I believe it. If I said if it's above the shoulders.
You can believe it. Yeah, you can believe it because you've heard it. And, I, and so many of the people you hang with, they believe it. You have they, they, and they give you a reason to believe. Would you believe it if you were the only one? Do you believe it enough to be in a big crowd and say anything about it openly and publicly? See, I'm getting down to the nitty-gritty, okay? You believe, you can say, you can all day long walk outside. I've used this illustration before. It's, it's not original at all. It's been used many, many times, but I'm going to use it again because a kid can understand it. You can walk outside your door, and if you're fortunate enough to have an automobile, you can. do you believe that that car will carry you to the store? You say, yes, of course I believe it. Well, you can walk around that car and say you believe it all day long. And it's just a head belief. You know when the heart belief kicks in? When it drops 18 inches into the heart is when you open the door, get in, and turn the switch and drive it. That's when, that's true belief. Uh, that's a, that's a, a, a real simplistic illustration. But you can have people, and you've got churches today full of them, the Judeo-Christian churches are full of people that believe that Jesus Christ is alive. They believe it from the head up. It's never dropped 18 inches. That's what the word belief means. All, that's the reason it's used so many times in the epistles. That's why the Lord used it. That's the reason for John 3.16. That's, that's what that word belief really means. Pistos, okay? Belief. It's not a head belief. It's a heart belief. And the heart belief, immediately, that heart, that heart you have starts pumping blood through your blood, through your veins in your body. I'm going to bring it down in another illustration on this belief. It comes, it goes through your members of your body and it makes those members able to move. It makes you, it makes you able to live. Okay? See, it's by Christ's life, by His life. See, it's not by yours. See, I'm going to that. I'm gonna get you the verse on that in just a minute. It's in Galatians 2.20, by the way. Some of this is old hat to some of you folks, okay? But to some, it's not. Some need it. That blood, that heart, that where that belief went in, it doesn't just fall down in the heart and stagnate. It pumps that blood out through the veins into your arms, feet, hands, mouth, feet, where the feet walk. The hands are action. It, 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 it promotes action. It promotes action, okay? That's true belief. Like you saw the car, you walked around, you believed it all day long and walked back in the house, and you wouldn't be a liar if you said you believed that car would carry you to the store. See, you wouldn't be a liar. 
because you did believe it from your head up. I'm t- and, and I'm speaking in re- like you had never done it before. Okay, don't don't get me mix. Don't mix mix. Well, I may be mixing it up, but under you understand what I'm saying. You'd only be half true. That half truth there don't get you nowhere with the Lord. Because Christ is alive. He's not dead. He's alive forevermore. And it's His life. You're saved from death. You'll be saved by His life. Not yours. That's why you're dead. That's why... A brother Don has just ranted and screamed and raved and spit and slobbered and cried about your death to self. Your death to the world. You can't serve two masters, folks. Operative word being serve. Because serving is action. And action comes from the heart, not from the head. Thinking is not an is not active on the outside. All you all you works people. Because the works are no good unless the belief's in the heart. You can work all day long and be and you can go and do fine works, great works. Fantastic works, and and it's just as useless as hell when it comes to the Lord. It's Christ in you that works through you. Those works, they're fine. They're of the Lord. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's a mystery, folks. But you're saved by His life. Turn to Colossians 1, read verse 27, brother. Okay. You see, you see, there's so much, there, there is so much of this whiny, whimmy, whammy, this, this putrefaction, believe, believe, only believe. For God so loved the world, He gave His own just over and over and over again. And you've got multitudes upon multitudes that actually believe it. But they don't believe it. You say, would the Lord do something so deceptive? There's nothing deceptive about it if you're in His book. Not if you believe His words. There's nothing deceptive at all. You see, this whole belief thing, this whole salvation thing is ABC, folks. It's simple. It's simple as ABC, okay? I'll tell you what the ABC is. This is not original either. This is from Dr. Gene Scott, one of my former teachers that I've many times made reference to in the past when we were in the epistles. He's dead now. Some of you may know him. He's the one that coined this term, so it's not original. The whole salvation thing is is is, a, is a, as simple as ABC. It's action 
based upon belief, sustained by confidence. It's that simple. Action based upon belief, sustained by confidence. A, B, C. I went for years, never heard it so simple. The only way you'll ever understand that is understand the book. But it's so simple a child can understand it. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved. By his life. Read Colossians one twenty seven, Brother David. Certainly. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'll read it again. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Absolutely. It's Christ in you. Go to Galatians 2.20, brother. Read Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Watch And watch Paul explain what he's done said here in Romans 5. Watch him talk about his own self, but watch him explain it to the teeth. You've got to watch the words, folks. Got to watch the commas. Got to watch the words. Okay, go ahead, brother. I now, am crucified with Christ. Okay, that's Paul. Life. Let me let me break this down. I am crucified. Paul speaking. I am crucified. He's dead. All right? He's dead. Crucifixion is dead. I am crucified with Christ. That's what he said, didn't he, Brother David? Yes, he sure did. Okay, continue reading. Nevertheless, I live. All right, now watch this close, what he says, the very next part of this sentence. Go ahead. Yet not I. There you go. Yet not I. He's dead. It's paradox. He's a dead man, but he's alive, but yet not I. Who is it that's living, Brother David? Go ahead and read it. But Christ liveth in me. There you go. By his life, back in Romans 5. Saved by his life. Why is it his life? Because he was perfect. And he is perfect. And he'll never be anything but perfect. And he'll never sin. Why do you think in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5, Paul tells you, examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not, Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobate. Because if Christ is in you, if it's in your heart, if it's fallen from the head to the the heart, there will be good works. There will be a continued perfecting process. You are the elect. You will do what you're supposed to do. You will have tribulation. You can't get around it. That's one of the signs of a son, else you're a bastard. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. 
Well, how do I know that? He came into his own, and his own received him not, folks. But as many as did receive him. Paul told you he had to receive him. You received the gospel. What's the gospel? We just got through going over it to start with. How do you hear it? By preaching. Why is it that way? Because it's through the wisdom of God. Now, I broke that whole thing down little bit by little bit where only a fool could miss it. Because it's the foolishness of preaching that saves them that believe, but not head belief. It promotes action. It goes into the heart. It promotes action. Okay? It promotes a love for the one that did that. That's why Paul said if you didn't love him, you was damned. 1 Corinthians 16, 23. Or 21 through 23. It's right in there somewhere. Forget exactly which verse. Tough words. From a loving father. That's made it so simple, a fool can get it. It's only in the wisdom of the world that misses it. It's only the, oh, well, you've got to know the Greek, or you've got to know the Hebrew. No, you don't. Why do you think the Father gave it to you in this book in English, to his English-speaking people? You live by His life, not yours. Continue reading, Brother David, there in Galatians 2. Yes. And the life which I now live in the flesh, watch I this live... Very, watch this very close. Watch what He says here. Go ahead. I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Bingo! Not faith of yours at all! Not you got this great and wonderful faith that saves you. No, no, no. It's his faith. It's his life. It's all him. It ain't got a deep blank thing to do with you. But if you are his, you will love him. You will obey him. You will do what you're supposed to do. May not come at one time. May take years. You'll know it. You'll know it. The Spirit will bear witness in your heart that ye are the Son of God. That's not my words. That's Paul's words in Romans chapter 8. For the Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. I didn't make it up. Back here in Romans chapter chapter um, five verse eleven, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, comma by which we have now received the atonement. Have you received it? If you have received it. If the Spirit bears witness, don't let nobody try to shake your foundation. 
None of these sapsuckers out there in our persuasion that try to dump a bunch of works crap on you and put you back under the law which was given to bring you to Christ. Now, if you are Christ, why do you still have to be brought back and back and back to Him? You don't. It just seems, don't it just seem to the flesh so much better if you could just have a little thing to do with it yourself? See, wouldn't that just make you feel a little bit better? If you had a hand in it, see? It doesn't even sound right. It doesn't even, it don't make no sense to think that it's all about, that it's all the Lord, that it's all the Father, does it? In your fleshy mind. Because you would just like to. <sighs> Take a deep breath and pump that chest out and think you had something to do with it, wouldn't you? Or you'd like to think that something you did helped you keep it, wouldn't you? The only thing that keeps you saved is Christ alive. If he's dead, you're dead. Just go get drunk, have a good time, and eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. Now, I mean every word of what I just said. That's how important that belief in the gospel is. Continue reading there in Galatians 20, brother, and read on down to the end of the chapter. Um, Galatians 20. 2.20. Yeah, you can write then 2.21. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Bingo. Bingo. Back to Romans 5. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, that all have sinned. Remember, Christ died for the ungodly. Okay? Now, if Christ is in you, and you're in him, see, Paul, Paul told you it's a mystery, okay? I'm, 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 you say you think you're pragmatic and you've got to explain it away or you've got to explain it to yourself to believe it, you're no different than the hook noses that said, show us a sign. If you be the Christ, come down off the cross. You're no different than them. But if you have listen, listen. This is why this is why all, most of our persuasion that you people are familiar with, they laugh at the Judeo Christians because they're full of a bunch of head nod, head believed BS crap. Okay, that's what they're full of, and that easy believe junk. Which you know, it's a half truth. It's a half truth. I don't even I don't even know how to go anywhere else, but just to tell you that it's from the shoulders up what makes the people sick about the word belief. Because you look around you, and there's all those sap suckers out there. Oh, I believe yes, he's the Lord and Savior. Yeah, and and just take a microscope, just watch him. You know and how you can tell, Pastor Dunn. I'm listening, brother. 
Romans 10.10. 10. <laughs> of course. For with the heart man I, believeth unto righteousness. I, I just hadn't got with, there yet. Amen, brother. I just hadn't got there yet. <laughs> I'm, okay. headed, I'm headed there, brother. I'm headed there. just hadn't got there yet. Okay. But, yeah, and, and Brother David, I might as well go there now. Go to Romans. Go to Romans, brother. Romans 10. 10, 10. Okay, I'm there. Okay. But with the heart. Start start with the first three verses, and then we'll drop down to verse 8. Okay. First three verses of Romans chapter 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. There's your salvation. There's your salvation. Wait just a second, brother. That's your salvation. That's your context. That's reception of the atonement. That's receiving Christ. That's what Paul had to do, okay? <laughs> it happened a little, kind of a little different way, but still the same thing. He tells you in 2 Timothy that it, it was the manner of his salvation that was to everyone from that moment forward was that came after him, that he was a type. He was prototypical of our salvation today. I didn't write it. I have slobbered it, went to that verse so many times. We may go to it one more time because you might think I'm making it up. There may be somebody new here in the chat room, never heard this before. But our salvation is based on him from the time he was saved forward. He was the type. And he received it. He received it. He told you he received it in 1 Corinthians 15. And if you haven't received it, and if this, see, it's the spirit that does the drawing. It's God that does the calling. It ain't got nothing to do with you. You're just the instrument by which you receive it. So don't, don't think that's got anything to do with works because it does not. If it did, Paul did it by works. All right? Period. Don't let some jackass that's bitter at the world because he had no friends try to tell you that it's not true. Because I know some of you listen to the fool. And I love him. All right? But I know what bitterness can do to your heart. Paul warns you about it in Ephesians 4. It works like a canker. And it messes with your mind. And it opens up the door for all kind of falsehood. Go ahead, brother. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Absolutely. The righteousness of God. They didn't submit themselves unto the righteousness of God. They're too worried about their own righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness. They have no righteousness. He died for the ungodly. All our righteousness is his filthy rags. There's not a just man upon the earth that good doeth good and sinneth not. Not one. There's none righteous. No, not one. And if the Spirit of God don't use the preaching and convict your soul and call you, and you receive that, you don't know nothing about what I'm talking about. If you do know what I'm talking about, you're in. Don't let nobody talk you out. Don't let nobody try to wrest the Scriptures to your destruction. 
because they've already got their destruction. Peter warned against that in 2 Peter chapter 3.15 about the epistles of Paul. Go ahead, keep on reading, Brother David. Drop down to chapter two, um, verse 8 in Romans 10. This is Israelite salvation according to the first three verses. Right, Brother David? That's the context, yes. right? Amen. Okay, Amen. read from verse 8 to verse 13. Watch it, folks. Okay. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Okay, so far, no action. So far, there's no action. Watch what he says next. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, action, and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, it dropped 18 inches to the heart, and there's action involved. Go ahead, brother. Thou shalt be saved. Amen. Continue. For with the heart man believeth, Unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. See how that works, folks. See how see that action based upon belief, sustained by confidence. Confidence is coming in verse 13. Watch it. Go ahead, brother. Keep on reading. And you know what you were saying about people that mock other Christians who believe in Jesus Christ? Yeah. Guess what? What's that? They only got half of it. Well, of course. They only got the believing part. That's right. They don't have the confession part, because if you got the confession, that means you believe in your heart, not just your head. And you're going to confess it. You're not going to mock some Christian who believes that Jesus Christ died and rose again from the dead. No, you're not. You got it, brother. Verse ele- yeah. For Verse 11, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. You got that? Brother David just told you. They're not going to be ashamed. They're not going to make fun of a believer. You got it? You understand? Simple. Brother David laid that beautiful before he read the verse to back it up. Next verse, brother. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you can get inactivity out of what he just read, I will mail you $500 when I get it. <laughs> I'm serious, folks. Those, those, I, I, I'm not even, they're those well-meaning idiots. That's what they are. Oh, it's out of context. No, it's not out of context. Yes, it's talking about salvation. I just proved it to you. It ain't got nothing to do with you, but you're the action part of it. Brother David just gave you the action part of it. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, brother. Okay. It's by His life you're saved. By His life you're saved. Whether you let him live it out in you, that's what's going to happen at the judgment seat of Christ, folks. Good night. How else could that be possible that a person's works could be burned up but he'd still be saved? My God, why can't some people understand that? Because they don't know the book. You won't take the time to learn the book. 
They'll lie to you. They'll lie to you. They'll lie to you. Go ahead and read it, brother. Verse 1? No. Ephesians chapter 2, start in verse 8. Okay, verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Okay, remember what I told you a while ago and got Brother David to read to you that it was Christ's faith in Galatians 2.20 and it's his life, Romans 5.10. Watch what he says. Start it again, brother. Watch the wording. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It's the gift of God. You can leave a gift at the foot. I hate to use this for an illustration, but everybody will understand it, okay? Even though it's godless and wicked. You can leave a present addressed to Joe Blow at the bottom of a Christmas tree for 365 days a year. And until Joe Blow picks up that present and accepts that present, it is is not his. I mean, it's his, but it, he don't partake in that present. It's there. It's so simple. You know what makes him partake if he's elect? The Spirit of God. Got nothing to do with him. You say, well, he's one... Uh, see, you don't understand. You don't understand what God's saying. You're the instrument. It doesn't just swim around through the air. You're the instrument of the Spirit. Christ lives His life out through you, through the work you do with your hands, through the words that you speak. It makes you think twice about some of that filthy mouth, now don't it? If you're really His. You know, a southerner's got a saying down here. A southern Christians. If you can't control what comes out your mouth, your heart's wicked as hell. You hadn't got a grip on it. Better deal with it. Continue reading, Brother David, because I want to show him, after he just got through telling you the grace and faith were not of yourself, but it's the gift of God that he gives. Keep on reading, Brother. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Bingo. Bingo. You're his workmanship. How does he? How are you his workmanship? Because of this mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You're saved by his life. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Saved by his life. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Turn to Philippians chapter 2, brother. Okay. And I'm going to show y'all where some of these false teachers try to throw doubt in some of you folks' mind about your salvation, okay? And I'm going to show you what they, they'll quote part, they'll quote the part of the verse and not continue on and read the rest of what's being said. Before we leave, uh, I just want to finish uh, 
verse 10 here? That sure, we, go right ahead. Halfway through, which God hath before ordained that we <laughs> should walk in them. You got that? You lick, you should walk in them. It's Christ wanting to live out himself through you. I don't know how to speak it with any more love, folks. If you love him, if you love him, you love him. If you don't, you're in a world of hurt, okay? I don't know how to say it any better. If you loved him once and got away from him, there's a way back, okay? If you've never experienced it, you ain't never had it. And I, and I hate to be, no, I don't hate to be so blunt. I must be that blunt. The Apostle Paul was that blunt. He was that blunt. I have to be that blunt. Isn't it interesting, too, that the faith was of Christ that saved us? We were justified by his blood, and even the good works that we do were already ordained that we would do them. It's it's Jesus all the way. Of course all it is. All the way. Of course it is, Amen. brother. Of course it is. That's the point I'm trying. I'm trying my best, oh, my absolutely. feeble way to get across, you know. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2 and read yeah. verse 12 and verse 13. Now watch this verse close, five. folks, because I done heard I done heard one of them out there quote verse 12 and not quote verse 13, okay? Well, they didn't quote, they read it. They couldn't quote a verse of Scripture other than John 3, 16 if it killed them. They don't spend no time in the Word of God. That's the re- Or either they have to get it and write it down on a piece of paper and read it off to you. Don't spend no time in it. Well, I can't, I can't memorize scripture like you. I can't learn. Yes, you can. It's just what you care the most about. I mean, you got jobs. Do you have to do it? Would you go to work at a store and have to put certain things up in certain areas on, on the shelves? If you're in a retailer, how did you learn to do that? You spent time that you was training, right? You work in construction work. Can you read a rule? Can you can you figure out a job? Yep, just to make a living. Bingo. Bingo. The love of money is the root of all evil. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Folks, you can't beat this book with a stick. It's got you covered. It's got it's got you covered. Every direction you come from. There will be no excuses at the judgment seat of Christ. None. Nah, nah. None. Go ahead, Brother David. Read Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Yeah. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation, with fear and trembling. Stop right there. Doubt that. See, that's what they'll read. Sounds real wicked, doesn't it? Sounds like, oh my goodness, if I don't do such and such, I'm going to lose my salvation. That's a bunch of poppycock mis misquotations of the scripture because and mis especially misinterpretation because the scripture there's no eisegetical to it because the very next verse sticks it in your face of who does all this working out your salvation. It ain't you. (laughs) Why is it not them, Brother David? Read the next verse. 
Yes. Verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Bingo. You think Brother Don just comes in here, scatter, oh, that's old Baptist doctrine, that's old antinomianist. No, it's not. It's Bible. No, it's not. It's Bible. Got nothing to do with nobody else. It's the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Like Paul said, told the Galatian Christians, if you seek to be justified by the law, guess what? You're falling from grace. Not my opinion. That's what he said. To those that seek to be justified by the law, you're falling from grace. Can you get any plainer, Brother David? Nope, not at all. That's good. Well, what if we mess up? What if we commit this? What if we commit that? How? My God, my God, folks. The answers is in the book. Turn to First Peter chapter 1, brother. And let's get this. How are you? Do you get you get there and you get your works put on a scale? And if your good works outweigh your bad works, you think you can smile and go in with the pride on your face that you did a good job? Well, you're just as you're 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 as full of dung as a Christmas turkey, if that's what you believe scripturally. That's what if that's what you believe, you're just as full of dung as a Christmas turkey, and that's a bunch. Brother Peter, thank God, got with Brother Paul, and he got to understanding a little bit about the stuff that I teach you. Let's see how you're kept. Let's see when you get that full dose of the Spirit. Let's see when that salvation's complete. Read verse 5, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Verse I'll, tell you, five. I'll tell you what, read verse 4 and 5. Okay. No, just read, read 1 through 5, okay? I'll make up my mind in a minute. It's all good. Yes, it is. Verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience, and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, according to his abundant mercy, mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, old Peter's throwing that gospel out there, saying, Go ahead, brother to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the whoa, power whoa, whoa, of whoa, whoa, God. Whoa, 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 that's right. Read that again. This is how you're kept. If, you, if God can lose you, you don't have a snowball chance anyway, folks, because you ain't got no chance on keeping yourself. All right? You're kept by God, the power of God. That's how you're kept. Not by what you do or what you don't do. You're kept by the power of God. Read it again, brother, so okay. they get it. 
who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. There you go. That's when the whole completion, that's when you get the fullness of the Spirit, that's when your salvation is complete. Right there. This world is not your home. Turn to John chapter 15, brother. Okay. And read verse 16 through 19. Folks, this world is not, you're not from here, and this ain't your abode. And if you want it to be your abode, don't for goodness sake. You just just come in with the rest of the, our bunch. And that's what you'll do. You'll be here flat-footed. And with, with that those flaming eyes of the king staring at you, if you can't trust him now under grace, you damned sure won't trust him under the law. And it's coming back. Full-fledged in stone. You hear what I just said? I meant every blessed word of it. Because you ain't got it in you in the flesh. That's why his son had to die. Verse 16 through 19, brother. The Lord's Lord's speaking. Mm Mm-hmm. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. If the world hate you, Ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Do you understand what our blessed Lord just said? He said in a few words, what I've been trying to tell you folks about this world for two years, over two years. And I get accused of not telling you guys the truth. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're not of this world. And if the world loves you, you are in a world of hurt. The only thing that you, you're the only time you're supposed to associate yourself with this system is just to live and get by. And God said get by. Okay? Or as Paul said, as living in the world but not abusing it. He says that in 1 Corinthians Chapter 7. Oh, do you think I was just making that up too? Do you understand now that if none, nobody, if, if there's somebody on the sound of my voice 
that didn't go through some of that that we talked about, if there was never a preaching of the gospel, and there never was any receiving of the gospel, if there never was any choosing by the Spirit, that choosing is a conviction of the Spirit, okay? The Spirit calls, you will answer, all right? Ain't no doubt about it. It's the whosoever wills that reject, okay? That's, that's the reason it says, whosoever will. <laughs> you see? The elect answer the call. The whosoever will. You want a type of that? Judas. Judas. There's your type. The whoso will, whosoever wills are the ones that, have, that either choose or reject. Not the elect. The elect accept every time. Every time. But if you haven't heard that spirit, if that spirit hadn't convicted you and you've received and started to walk and loved the Lord, if, you, if that has no part in your life, if you've never confessed Him before man, you're not in. If the Spirit's convicting you now, then now's the time. Today's the day of salvation for you. Don't put it off. Say, not in thine heart you're going to do such and such another day. For you know not what a day may bring forth. For the word, Paul told you, the word's nigh thee, even in thy mouth. That's the word of faith which we preach. What is it, what is it Brother Paul, that you preach? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For the, the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For as the Scripture saith, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall not be ashamed. Are you ashamed? To confess him before men? If the conviction's there, you trust him in your heart, tell somebody about it. It's that simple. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then let him work in you and work out through you, and the only way you can know how he can work out through you and what you're supposed to do, it's in the book. It's all in the book. That's why you have to know the book. It's not according to some Brother Don's opinion. It's not according to Brother Kevin or Brother David's opinion. It's not according to any of the reprobates out there's opinion. It's not about hating the Jew. It's not about none of that. It's in the book. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Oh, he's just blowing smoke. That's what a lot of you believe. Well, how do I, why would you say that about me? me? Where's the evidence of it being any other way? Well, you don't know what I do. Of course I don't. You get, you get aggravated. If, you, if, it, what, if the shoe don't fit, you ain't got to wear it. Trust him. He'll never let you down. 
Receive him. He'll never let you down. Tell somebody you received him. Then follow him in baptism. And baptism got nothing to do with you getting saved. It's got to do, it's an outward confession with your body of you dying to this world and raised to walk in the newness of life. In other words, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away, all things are become new. Buried with him in baptism, as Paul says, raised to walk with him in newness of life. That's when you start putting a check on some of that vile language. That's when you start putting a check on a lot of that alcohol consumption. That's when you start putting a check on some of that that's got you enslaved now to this world. That's when you put a check on some of the stuff you let go into your eyes and and mess up your, your hearts and soul. That's when you put a check on some of that wicked stuff you let go in your ears. That's when you put a check on that. Because if you put a check on that stuff, it allows you to love the Lord more and understand His book more and let Him live His life out through you. If you can't take Jesus Christ with you where you go, you've got no business going yourself. Those are all signs of a new creature. That's all signs of the new birth that they want none of them out there to tell you about. They'll run to John 3 when the new birth's in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Go read it, Brother David. They might think I'm making him up because I know they hear that BS out there from, well, I'm not going to call their names. I know they hear it. John go. 1. Yeah, oh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Go oh. read it. The new birth. Brother Peter talks about it. Mm-hmm. He, he hints at it in verse 3, and then Flat comes out and tells you in verse 23. Read it, Brother David. Okay. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by How? the word How? of God. Well, by the word of God. There you go. Go ahead. Read it again. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You got that, folks? It's, the word of God. And you know what, Pastor? What's that, brother? You know how we talk about the two seed lighting doctrine? Mm-hmm. We need to revise that. Yeah. And call it the three seed line. <laughs> I know. I'm fixing And I'm it. absolutely serious. Amen. I know you are, and I'll take you and show you why. Yeah, I'll show you why. Because I'll show you the cross reference to what he just what he just read to you. And I first, know. It's it's in several places about being born of the seed of God. Yeah, but it's in First John. It's in First John in a big way. Okay. Turn to First John. Okay. I forget if it's chapter 3, verse 15. Uh, This is what you're going to see. It's going to, I think it's in 1 John chapter 3. It might be chapter 5, but he's going to say, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. Neither can he sin, because his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he's born of God. You see, folks? 
If you put all the scriptures together, you've got no problem. It's that coloring book. It's that gestalt teaching I've been telling you about. Scripture with scripture, context with context, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. That, by the way, that's in um, Isaiah chapter 28. That's how you find out what doctrine is. All right? You said, go ahead and see if you can find that, brother. Um, yes, I, I have it right here. Uh, okay, go ahead and read first, it to him. First John 3, 9. I'll start at verse 8, I guess. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. You got that now, folks? That's that seed Brother David just got through reading to you in First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Well, it says I can't sin. Really? That's, not, that's the sin of the devil it's talking about. That's sin of somebody that's never received that new, that new seed. That's the sin that you're thinking about. This is the sin of a saint. You, you will commit sin in this flesh as long as you draw breath. If you haven't heard this, the teaching in Romans 7, go read what the greatest Christian that ever lived told you in Romans 7. Brother Don's been all through this so many times, some of my folks are getting sick of hearing it, I'm sure. Go to go. Just flip back over to First John chapter one. Now remember what John just said there: that he that is born of God doth not commit sin. You got that? And he cannot sin because he's born of God. That's the inward man that Paul talks about. That's the inward man on the inside. That's the new creature on the inside. This old flesh will sin till it. this DNA you have now has got sin interjected in it by your mama and your daddy, Adam and Eve. It's the sin nature. It's all through Romans 7. Paul says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He tells you when he, he, I would do good, I'd do bad, but when I do, when I would do bad, I'd do good. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this dead? He said, it's no more I that doeth it, but sin that dwelleth in me. See, two men, schizophrenic, you know. You got the old man and the new man. It's not metaphor. It's not idiom. It's the truth. And if you believed in body, soul, and spirit, you'd understand that. But because you flock off and listen to a godless reprobate that tells you there's no such thing as a soul, that there is not a three-part to this, and try to tell you it's just a Catholic doctrine, which is a damned lie, it's a Bible doctrine. How do you know? Paul tells you in 1 Corinthians 5.23, the Lord tells you again in the Gospels. Drop down to verse 6, brother. In chapter 1, now, he just told you the same writer, the very same beloved, blessed, beloved of God, John, just told you that you can't sin. 
What is he talking about? Well, let's see what he says in the very first chapter of the same book, a few chapters earlier. Go ahead, brother. First John 1, 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Fellowship. Don't forget it. That's what the context is about. Fellowship, not salvation. Continue, brother. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Keep on. Fellowship is the context. Go ahead. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. You've got that. Brother John tells you that you can't sin two chapters later. But here he says if you say you don't sin, that you're wrong. Go ahead, brother. Keep on reading. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's for fellowship. Go ahead. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Bingo. That's the way you understand the Scriptures, folks. That's the way you put the Scriptures together to come upon a doctrine. Okay? So if any of you think that you've fallen into the category of not being saved because you've messed up, We've all messed up. We all will mess up till we take our last breath. Why? Because we live in a flesh body that is separated from our soul and spirit by the Holy Ghost of God, whereby we are sealed unto the day of redemption, kept by the power of God. First Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Man. It's all in there, see? So, dear soul, if, if the, everything, if you've heard the gospel and you've received like Paul received and like everybody after him received and you've believed in the heart and acted on that salvation, don't let nobody try to talk you out of it. Just confess your sin if you messed up. Throw it behind you and walk forward. And reach forward, forward, forward. Press forward to the mark, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting those things which are behind, as Paul says. And pressing forward to the things which are before. Paul killed Christians, cursed the Lord, Everything. Okay? Yeah, but that was before he got saved, you might say. He totally told the Holy Ghost, ain't going to listen to what you're saying. I'm going where I want to go. So, the Lord dealt with him, just like he'll deal with you if you disobey. If you're his son, he'll beat the hell out of you till he gets you straightened out. And if he don't beat the hell out of you, you're not his, period. That's not my opinion. That's the Lord's own words. Turn to Hebrews and read verses chapter 12, 
Read verse 6. Read that context group there, Brother David. Let them hear it, and we're going to get out of here and go to the time of Jacob's trouble. Verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourges every son whom he receiveth. If you endure, if ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards, and not sons. Thank you. Not in my opinion, folks. Not in my opinion. You know, I could, while Brother David's going to Isaiah chapter 26, I came up with a bunch indoctrinated to a certain degree by a bunch of Bible-believing Christians that wouldn't touch that verse, touch that, what, what Brother David's just read you. You know why they wouldn't touch it? Do you know what that verse implies? You know why they wouldn't touch it? Because they would got away from early church doctrine about tribulation and about suffering. That's why they wouldn't touch it. Because it implies that if your life goes smooth and all the kids are fine and everything's wonderful, it implies that they're bastards and not sons. If you got along, that's what it implies. See, I can't say for sure about nothing because I'm not the father. All I can do is preach his word because I don't know what goes on in somebody's heart and in their mind. They might be getting all kind of chastening and scourging and the crap being beat out of them. I don't know. Mentally. To some of us, it comes physically and mentally. <laughs> we get Some of us get the whole load, Okay. Sometimes we wish the Lord didn't love us so much. But that's what it implies. And I, that was some good folks. But they wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. I, cause, and I know why. Now, I never could understand why. I'd bring it up. They wouldn't want to deal with it. Blah, blah, blah. They'd blah, blah, blah over it and not talk about it. But now I understand why. Now I completely understand why. Because they won't touch the doctrine of Christian suffering because Christian suffering goes right along with the perfecting process and perfecting process goes right along with the assurance of your sonship with God. That's why they won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Because they all want to live in nice houses and they all want to have a big bank account and they all don't want other children in jail and they all don't want to mess up here and mess up there. That's what it is, folks. And nothing more. And they'll have to give an account for not preaching the whole counsel of God at the judgment seat of Christ. They're just as saved as you or I. They're your brothers and sisters in Christ. But they'll get it. Hey, hey, they might not get their chasing and discouraging year, but that judgment seat of Christ, the fire ain't going to be fun. And I'm not going to go off on that tonight. Okay, on a lighter note, but a darker note, let's get into some prophecy. For just a few minutes, I see now 
I should have known I couldn't got a guy get into Romans and just stay there for 30 minutes that I'd be here an hour. Anyway, let's just hit uh, chapter 26, brother, and then we'll go ahead and close for tonight, and we'll pick up with part three Friday night, okay? Okay. Starting at verse 1. Okay, let me do make this comment before Brother David gets started for some of you that wants to do a little extra studying on your own. I mentioned it last program. Those of you that just flock in here when you want to, I made mention that if you'll look up the words in that day and the day of the Lord, okay, that you'll see the context. You'll you'll understand what 80, 85% of the whole book's about, all right? It's not about your salvation, and it's not about the Jew. And it's not about Israel. It's about when the king gets his kingdom back and his subjects to that kingdom. It's about a king, a kingdom, and his subjects. That's what the whole word of God's about. The whole thing. You want to wrap it up in a nutshell? That's what it's about. And this is the period of time where he gets what's coming to him. That's when he gets his revenge on the ones that killed him. That's when he gets his revenge on it all, on a wicked world that's turned their back on him. This is the period of time. It's called in that day, the day of the Lord, the day of Christ. Look up those three. Um, in that day, in the day of the day of the Lord, and the day of Christ. Look at the context. Read the context. You'll see, Brother Don is not making it up. Not that. I, this is nothing new, folks. There's a lot of good biblical people, Bible believing Christians that, that understand this. Okay. So just keep that in mind, you that's just flocked in here tonight. Go ahead, brother. Verse 1. Verse 1. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation, which keepeth the truth, may enter in. You'll find that in Revelations chapter 22. Go ahead, brother. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. For he bringeth down them that dwell on high, the lofty city. He layeth it low, he layeth it low, even to the ground. He bringeth it even to the dust. The foot shall tread it down, even the feet of the poor and the steps of the needy. The way of the just is uprightness. Thou most upright dost weigh the path of the just. Yea, in the way of the judgments, O Lord, have we walked, waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. Okay, I just want to bring to your attention one phrase. In the ways of thy judgments, plural, the judgments, there's seven of them, folks. I've, I've, I've taught to go back and check out the archives. There's seven judgments. Go ahead, Brother David. Okay. Yea, in the way, um, verse 9, with my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. And there you go. And those seven judgments come up in the millennial reign of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ 
when he is literally king of kings and lord of lords. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Go ahead, brother. And Jacob, the people of God, the Israel, white Christian Israelites of the world, well, learn righteousness when the judgments of the Lord Jesus Christ are upon the earth. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. Verse 10, let favor be shewed to the wicked, yet will he not learn righteousness? In the land of uprightness, will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord? Oh, by the way, in case some of your que- some question marks came up in some of you guests' mind about what Brother David just said. Well, you mean they can die now and, and, and still, and they cannot receive Christ and still learn about this ways? What do you think the... Um, Abraham's bosom's empty for folks. Did you think God just empty a, make a place, empty it out, and leave it there empty? <laughs> it ain't got the same glory it had. It ain't got the same glory it did when Lazarus was there and Father Abraham and David and all the rest of them were there before the atonement was made. Don't have that same glory, I don't think. The Bible's not clear on that, but it's still there. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where them bunch goes that don't learn righteousness. That's the ones that don't receive Christ. And the very wicked, well, that they get their judgment too. There's another side to that. It ain't all Abraham's bosom. It's a place, it's a place where it, you don't want no part of. Ain't that right, Brother David? Amen, that's for sure. Amen, brother. Keep on reading. Verse 11, Lord, when thy hand is lifted up, they will not see, but they shall see and be ashamed for their envy at thy people, at the people. Yea, the fire of thine enemies shall devour them. Keep on, brother. Lord, thou wilt ordain peace for us, for thou also hast wrought all our works in us. O Lord, our God, Other lords besides thee have had dominion over us. But by thee only will we make mention of thy name. Amen, amen, amen. They've lords have. Many lords have have been had. They've had rulers for 2,000 years. They're coming down. They're coming down. Isaiah, and back up in chapter 24, those of you that wasn't here the other night and dropped down there the last few verses, You'll see when he brings down that bunch of high ones which are on high and then judges the kings of the earth which are upon the earth. Ah, yes. Same context. Same context, folks. Same context. Keep on, brother. They are dead. They shall not live. They are deceased. They shall not rise. Therefore, have that's okay. Stop right there just for you, some of you that just cannot leave the Hebrew alone. Check out the Hebrew on that verse. Okay. <laughs> Find out who those Rapha are, those Raphaim, okay, that are dead and cannot rise. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Verse 14. Check it out. Check it out. Next verse, brother. Okay, uh, 
They shall not rise. Therefore hast thou visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish. Thou hast increased the nation, O Lord. Thou hast increased the nation. Thou art glorified. Thou hast removed it far unto all the ends of the earth. Lord, in trouble have they visited thee. Oh, by the way, um, if there's any Judeo-Christians in here that think that that's that's Israel over there in Palestine, you need to go check out Romans 4 and see what God actually did give Abraham. He didn't just, he, that, that Palestinian promise that you think he gave him, uh-uh. He gave, if it, thanks to Brother Paul, he lets you know that God gave him the world, the whole world. That's in the last few verses of Romans chapter 4. Okay? The Palestinian deal was to Moses, and it was conditional. Hey, I didn't make this stuff up. I didn't make this stuff up. Was given to our people under conditions. If you do so and so, I'll do so and so. If you don't do so and so, you bye bye American pie. You're out of here. That's what Deuteronomy 28 and 29 is all about. <laughs> Blessings and curses. Go ahead, brother. Verse 16. Lord, in trouble have they visited thee. They poured out a prayer when the chastening was upon them, like a woman with child that draweth near the time of her delivery, is in pain, and crieth out in her pangs. So have we been in thy sight, O Lord. Mm-mm. I, I'm not going to get off on that. Go ahead, brother. Verse 18. We have been with child. We have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Thy dead men shall live, together with my dead body shall they arise. There's your, here's your resurrection, here's your 1 Corinthians 15. Go ahead and read it, brother. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Uh, let's see what about those people that are still that are still around but are not of the body that get a changed body. See what it says here about them, brother. Verse 20. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. Mm-hmm. Verse 21. For, behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. See there? That's the end. This is the end that day. In that day. In that day. Oh, and by the way, <clears throat> about this day of the Lord thing, it encompasses a period of time that I'm not sure about. It takes place over a period of time, but as the time approaches, it gets shorter and shorter, and it speeds up. Well, of course it gets shorter. That was a bad choice of words. It gets faster and faster and faster. Time will be, will it, it will seem to go faster because it's being shortened. 
by the Lord himself. That's why the time will seem like it's traveling faster because the Lord is shortening the period of time. Now, I'm sure if any of you have any knowledge of the Word of God, you know where the Bible talks about that at, right? You know where that's at, Brother David, correct? Um, right offhand, no. Turn to Matthew 24. Okay. Okay. Go on, get down, go down there to where it talks about the elect, and it says, if it if the Lord didn't shorten the days, there'd be no flesh left alive. You know what shortening a day means? It means it's not 24 hours anymore. It's shortened. Time elements change. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. I think it's right around verse 23. Um, yes. Start at verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Time of Jacob's trouble. Time, that's what this period is, folks. Go ahead. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Thank you, brother. That time period, I wasn't going to even go to um, to Matthew and, and Luke and Mark until the very last episode on this particular subject, but we went there anyway. Okay, any questions in the chat room? Go ahead and shut her down for tonight. We'll pick up part three this coming Friday night. I'm sorry it took so long, and I don't want to keep you folks um, from getting enough rest tonight. I know you got to work tomorrow. We've all, already been on over an hour and a half. No questions. No questions. Well, if there's no questions, Brother David. Oh, wait, wait. Um, I'm sorry, I overlooked one. Calvinist Baptist asks, we are the Israel of God, aren't we? Absolutely. And you probably Absolutely. answered it since he asked it. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Galatians 6.20. You got it, brother. Amen. Glad to have you there tonight, too, brother. Give me a call sometime on the telephone. Let's talk. Brother Dave, you got anything you want to add? No, not at all. Okay. Well, if there's nothing left there, I'll dismiss us in a word of prayer, and Lord willing, we will um, we'll be back Friday night and pick up with episode three concerning this topic. Then we'll get in with the rest. Of, there's about um, let's see, this is 26. There's about five or six more chapters in Isaiah that deal with this time period, a half of a chapter in Isaiah, in the last chapter of Isaiah 66, Isaiah 66, the book of Joel, Zechariah, Zephaniah, there's, it, it, like I said, it's the most talked about subject in the Word of God. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we've had tonight, Father, and I pray, Holy Spirit, you take the gospel message that's been preached tonight, the early part of this message, Father, and please, Use it for your honor and glory. Call the ones that need calling, save the ones that need saving. Father God, it's all in your hands and in your power. I pray that you'd soften the hearts. Soften the hearts, the ones that receive your words. Soften the hearts, the ones that actually do believe your gospel, Lord Jesus, and believe that you died and was buried and rose from the dead. May it fall into the heart, and may they confess with their mouth and apply this book and their lives. 
the Father, I pray that you would take the, the other things that's been said. Holy Spirit, use them for your honor and glory, Lord God. We know you will because you promised that in this great book of Isaiah in chapter 55. And to the downloaders, I thank you for coming in here. I thank you for listening to all the things that's being preached. And, Lord, I pray that you convict their hearts, convict their souls. Father, if there be one that's never received the free gift of salvation, I pray that the time they listen to this will be their day of salvation. And I ask all these things in the name of the one that made it possible. For his name is above every name, and that is the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Okay, okay, brother. Contact information for Don Spears Ministry. Telephone number 334-397-2333. That's 334-397-2333. Email is joydon. 1953 at yahoo.com Mailing address is 3155 Louisville Street Apartment D1 Clio, Alabama 36017 36017 Thanks everyone for listening Amen. Good job Brother David, Brother Kevin Lord willing to see you guys Friday night God bless all y'all Good night, night. Pastor. Good night, all. Good night.